Welcome to the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. We're so glad to have you join us today. Pastor Caleb is a graduate of the World Harvest Bible College, as well as Ohio Christian University. And his desire is to share the love of God with a lost and dying world. Prepare to be challenged and encouraged today through the study of God's Word. Now let's listen in to today's episode with our host, Caleb Schaefer. 1 Corinthians 11.1, will you stand to your feet tonight? And uh, have you been appreciating the messages that pastor has been bringing forth about the days that we're living in and about the urgency of the time? Amen. Can we thank God for him? I know you got your Bible in your hand, but can we thank God for pastor tonight? Amen. Amen. Well, if you're in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, look at verse 1. And it says this, follow me as I follow Christ. And then will you flip over to Ephesians chapter five and we're going to look at verse one. Hallelujah. Just a few books over to your right. And it says this, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you tonight, God, that we have the opportunity, the ability to hear straight from you. God, we are excited about what you're doing in the earth. We're excited about what you're doing in our lives. And God, we ask that you would continue to lead us and guide us in the ways that you would have us to walk in these last days. God, I pray that each one of us would become an imitator of Jesus Christ, that we would become a a copy of him, that we would begin to mimic his actions and his words and do what he did and say what he said. God, we pray that if, if we will draw near to you, just as your word says, you'll draw near to us. So God, tonight, We have our eyes and our hearts and our ears open to what you have to say to us. God, feed us from your table this evening. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So so we read these scriptures here, and and Paul has uh, has been saying, he, he repeats himself here basically. He says, you know, we need to follow, uh, follow. Christian leaders as they follow Christ follow me as I follow Christ each one of us becoming a copy of Who Christ was and then he says in Ephesians therefore be imitators of God as beloved children And and you know, it's interesting because if you go clear back to the very beginning in the book of Genesis We were all created in the image and the likeness of God We were created in the image and likeness of God. When God said, let's make man, he didn't say, let's make him like something else. He said, let's make him like us. Let's let us make man in in our image and in our likeness, father, son, and Holy Ghost. Let us make man in our likeness. We were created to be like God, to act like him, to talk like him to 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 do what he he did and and we were created to talk like him to walk like him to have fellowship with him and we when we fell we joined forces with darkness and we allowed that sin into our lives and, and from then on it became a fight for us to be like god we gotta fight our flesh in order that we can 
act like God and, 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 and treat people like God. We've got to fight that flesh that wants to rise up every single day. Your flesh wants to take over every single day. I don't know about you, but I can go to bed at night feeling like I'm on cloud nine with the Lord and I've, I've had a, you know, had my time with the Lord and I'm just up here. And then in the morning, my flesh will rise right back up. And just like the mercies of God are new every morning, guess what? The flesh likes to wake up every morning too. The flesh wants to get up and wants to give you a fight every single day. And so if we're going to become more like Jesus, we have to deny the flesh. We have to deny ourselves every single day. Philippians 2.5, I love this. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We've got to fight our flesh. We've got to get our mind to think like Jesus. We've got to get our minds focused on him. And uh, you can't think in your normal carnal mind because your normal carnal mind wants to do all sorts of crazy stuff. Your normal carnal mind wants to go go wild and, and do all sorts of insane things. You think weird thoughts and you start to act certain ways. And, and then uh, we go down to Romans 12 too. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. You've got to renew your mind every single day. You've got to get in your word and you've got to get in prayer time. You've got to study. You've got to spend time with the Lord in order to renew your mind. Because if you don't renew your mind, your mind will continue in the old ways. Your mind will continue in old ways. And we say, and Paul said here, you've got to have your mind renewed. You've got to be a new creature. And, and so each day, each day, we should get up and we should say, how would Jesus act? How would Jesus act? What would he think? More importantly, how does it compare to how we act and how we think? Am I becoming more like him every day or am I becoming more like the old man every day? And we've got to somewhere draw a line and say, you know what, I've, I've got to stop going in this direction. I've got to get back over here and I've got to start getting more like Jesus. What are some areas that I need to shape up in my personal life? I need to act, get my act together in my personal life. Tonight, we're going to look at a few ways that we can all be more like Jesus. We all have room for improvement. We all do, including myself. And I, if I had a mirror here, I'd look at right at myself. But every single person in this room, every single person in the Christian walk has room for improvement. We have never reached a spot where we don't. You know, someone once said to me that they had enough of God. And I said, <laughs> you're crazy, right? You never, ever can get enough of God. You never, ever can get to a point where, where you have enough of him to satisfy yourself and, and to live the right way. And so we all have room for improvement. And one of the greatest things that I've heard over the last few weeks is that uh, when Billy Graham was nearing the end of his life, they came to him and they said, Reverend Graham, do you have any regrets? Do you have anything that you wish you would have done better? Do you have anything that you wish you could go back and do over? And do you know what his answer was? He said, my only regret is that I didn't read my Bible and pray more. Billy Graham's only regret was that he didn't read his Bible and pray more. And if Billy Graham said he wished he would have read his Bible and prayed more, I don't know what I'm even doing, 
right? What are we doing? One of the greatest men of God to ever walk the face of this earth said he wished he would have read his Bible and prayed more. That should challenge us all. That should challenge us all. And so if Billy Graham saw room for uh, improvement in his walk with Christ, and I'm not saying that he was, you know, I'm not elevating him beyond a man or putting, on, putting him on some sort of pedestal, but he was, he was definitely a great man of God. And if he saw room for improvement in his walk, how much could we use some improvement in our walk? Nobody is above it. Nobody's above improvement in the kingdom of God. And so none of us have arrived. We certainly uh, have to put forth an effort in order to change and grow. And it's time that we make some decisions in our walk and determine we need to make some changes. We need to make some changes. So as true disciples, let's look at a few characteristics that Jesus has and see how we compare in, in those characteristics, in those areas. And uh, the first category I want to look at is faithfulness. Faithfulness. Revelation 19.11 says, I saw heaven opened and there was a white horse and he who sat on it was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. And then Isaiah 11.5 said, righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt about his waist, talking about Jesus, the coming Messiah. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is faithful. He's steadfast. He's unwavering. He doesn't move. If Jesus acted like a bunch of Christians do today, he would be all over the place. He would be all over the place. One minute they're up, the next minute they're down. One minute they're excited and joyous about their walk and their, the things of the Lord. And the next minute they're, they're just down in the dumps and everything's terrible and, and nothing's going right and they can never catch a break. If we're going to learn to be true disciples, we've got to find that middle ground and we've got to proceed with some measure of steadiness, uh, with some measure of faithfulness in our walk. One of the things that I admire most in any person is this consistency consistency some people you meet them one day and they're one person and you meet them five minutes later it doesn't even have to be the next day and they're another person there is no consistency but if you will give me somebody who is consistent day after day and they might be having an up day and they might be having a down day but they're still the same person I never have to guess which which version I'm gonna get I never have to guess if I'm gonna get a, a really nice person or if I'm gonna get a monster you know I, if I don't have to guess I love that in a person I absolutely love to meet someone who's consistent. I admire faithfulness. I admire loyalty. And in ministry and in life in general, when you find someone who's steady and faithful, you better learn to keep that person close because that person is valuable. That's a valuable quality for someone to have is faithfulness. If you know, if I know you're faithful and you're loyal and you're not going to flake out every time something goes a little haywire, then you're someone I want to have in my circle. 
If you don't crumble every time there's a little pressure, you're an asset to the ministry. You're an asset to my personal life. And Jesus is faithful. He's steady. He's the same every time. You know, you know what you're going to get with Jesus. You know how he's going to act. You know what he's going to do. He's always by your side. He never leaves. He never walks out. When you mess up, he's right there. When you stumble, he's right there. He's there in the good times and in the bad. And today, our young people are being taught, if things stop going your way, you just remove yourself from the situation. You just go somewhere else. You just find something else that makes you happy. Do whatever makes you happy. Don't stick it out. Don't, don't stay in the fray. Don't stay in the fight. And they're taught that if they come up against opposition, they just get out of there. They just get out of there. I mentor some young people and I know I'm like, you, you got to stay steadfast. You got to stay faithful. You got to stay where God puts you. It doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. It, in fact, it means it's probably not going to be easy. There are going to be some hard times, but if you don't stick it out and go through the hard times, God can't complete the work in you that he wants to complete in your life. They're not taught to stick anything out or stay the course. They're taught if you don't get it, if you don't like it at your job, you just go get another one. If you don't like your spouse, you just go get another one. If you don't like your school, you just go to another one. You just hop around from place to place and you never stick anything out. But Jesus is steadfast. Jesus is faithful. No one is taught the extreme value of being able to persevere and endure the fight. Jesus is faithful and true and righteous, righteous because faithfulness and truth and righteousness all go hand in hand. When you find one, you'll most likely find the others. In addition to being faithful, you should pursue the truth. You should pursue the truth. If the truth isn't right in front of you, you should seek it out about a situation. Not a little truth with some things added to it, but absolute truth. You should aim to find the truth and you should also tell the truth. As disciples of Christ, we should tell the truth. These little half-truths that people tell to manipulate people and to get their way, that doesn't fly in the kingdom of God. You can't have that because if God told a little lie to try to manipulate you, how would you feel? We've got to tell the truth. Jesus is truth and he's righteous and anything short of truth and righteousness is not of him. When you have truth and you have righteousness, then you have righteousness because righteousness can't exist without the truth. You can't rightfully judge anything without the truth. That's why when you see, when you, when you know someone that has dealt with a trial, guess what? There's a jury and there's a judge and they gather as much evidence as they can find. Why? Because they want to make a righteous judgment. They want to pass a righteous sentence. They don't want to pass a sentence based on a half truth because someone might get convicted or get let off of something that they did or didn't do. They're looking for the truth. They want to know the truth about what happened. So we've got to learn to be faithful as disciples of Christ. Some people will want to quit the church every time something goes a little bit wrong, every time they don't get their way, every time 
They, they have something a little bit off that someone might look at them a little funny or they might say a little bit of something to them. They want to quit the church. But Jesus is faithful. We've got to learn to be faithful. And number two, we've got to love with the love of Christ if we're going to be true disciples. And that doesn't just mean that we love the people that we feel like loving. Ephesians 5 2, walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Revelation 1 5, it says the same thing, walk in love. Now I know that this is a difficult one for a lot of people because sometimes it's difficult for me, okay? I'm just going to tell on myself, I'm going to be real honest tonight. Sometimes it's difficult to love everybody. Some people are difficult to love. Some people make it difficult to love them. But Jesus said, we have got to love people. I know it's hard because in addition to being taught, uh, taught to just pull up our stakes when things go bad, we're also taught in the world that we should just fight everybody who comes against us. Everybody who comes against you, just fight them. Tell them how it is, right? Get back at them. And Jesus said, love them. We're taught in the world to hold grudges against people. If somebody does something wrong to you, you hold that against them until they make it right, until they suffer. We're taught that when someone pushes us to push back. But Jesus said, do the exact opposite of that. Jesus said, do the exact opposite. We have this faulty concept of love because we think that it's a feeling we get when we care about somebody. Love is not some feeling. Love is a decision. It's an action. You're supposed to love people you don't even know. How are you going to love people you don't even know if you're waiting on a feeling to come to your heart that brings butterflies and rainbows? Love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. And it's act, there's action behind that decision. Love is a hard choice sometimes. Love doesn't always feel good. To love somebody, to put somebody ahead of yourself, love isn't always easy. Some of those old 70s and 80s hair bands had it just right. Love hurts, and sometimes love does stink. Love, it's not easy. But we've got to do it. We've got to choose to love even when it feels bad. Love puts others before yourself. Love takes your wants and your needs out of the spotlight. And it pushes others' wants and needs to the front. It pushes others' well-being to the front. Out in the forefront of yourself. When with real love always comes compassion. Compassion and real love always go hand in hand. The Bible says often that Jesus was moved with compassion when he did a miracle, when he healed someone, he, when he saw someone in need. You're not moved with compassion if you don't love a person. We as true disciples should be praying and asking God to have that same compassion that Jesus had on other people. I know it's hard to do when you just want to fight with someone, trust me. But if Jesus... We're standing in the room with us. What would we do? What would we do if Jesus was standing right in the room with us? I know it's an old cliche and everybody used to have the old bracelets that said WWJD. What would Jesus do? But have you ever been up against something and asked yourself that question? If Jesus were here and he were dealing with this, what would he do? What would he do? 
Have you ever had someone at your mercy and you could either make them pay or you could pardon them for what they did? And you have to ask yourself the question, what would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do here? Would he love them? Absolutely. We don't have to win every argument every time. A response full of love and compassion will do more than arguing any day of the week. It will get us further than arguing with someone any day of the week. True love gives people what they don't deserve. True love will give someone what they don't deserve. They might deserve to get yelled at and punished and hurt for what they did to you. But true love forgives them and shows them compassion. You might want to make them pay for everything they did wrong. But true love says it might still hurt and it might not feel good. But I'm going to have mercy on that person. I'm going to love that person. I'm going to choose to let go. Jesus hung on a cross and said, Lord, forgive the people who are doing this to me. They don't even know what they're doing. And examples of this compassionate love are seen in situations every day every day you know i think about this the the church shooting down there in charleston south carolina a while back where that boy went into that prayer meeting and he just slaughtered those people nine people lost their lives and i'll never forget that one of the the ladies who were who were killed their their daughter stood up at the trial and she said i forgive you i forgive you that's the kind of love and compassion that Jesus has. And it's hard for us to understand. But guess what? It, it probably didn't feel right. It probably didn't feel easy for that lady to do that or to say that. But that is the kind of compassion that Jesus wants us to have on people. He doesn't want us to just hold grudges against people all the time and, and want to get them back for everything that they've done for us. True love loves people who can't give you anything back. True love loves someone who can't do anything for you. They can't give you anything back. They can't help you out. They can't, they can't scratch your back after you've scratched theirs. They can do nothing for you. True love will love that person. It's easy to love people who can do something for you. It's easy to love somebody who's got some sort of influence. It's easy who can promote you and give you a big hand clap and who can cheer how great you are in front of other people. But having compassion on someone who can't do anything for you and helping out someone who can't return any favors is really where it's at. That's really being like Jesus. We've got to learn to love people that no one else likes if we're going to be like Jesus. We've got to learn to love the people. We've got to learn to sit with the tax collectors and the sinners and the prostitutes. We've got to learn to, to, to love the people who don't act like us, who don't talk like us, the people who are a little bit different than us, the people who, who look funny and who smell, the people who, who we can't figure it out, the people who nobody else wants to be around. We've got to learn to love those people. If we're going to be like Jesus. And I have to think that showing someone love because they can give something back to us, that we have some sort of ulterior motive or an agenda behind that. I have to think that loving them because of that must really stink in the nostrils of God. Loving someone just because they can give something back to us, just because we want something in return. That must really 
stink in the nostrils of God because Jesus, he would go and sit with the people who nobody else liked and the sinners and he would sit down and have dinner with people that everyone else said, why are you even talking to them? Why are you spending time with them? We're called to love one another. We're called to love the sinners. We're called to love the neighbor as ourselves. We're called to love as Christ loved us. The Bible said that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If Jesus loved the way we love, he would have looked at all of us and said, all right, now here's what I want you to do before I can love you. Here's what I want you to do for me before I will die on the cross for you. You got to do this and you got to clean up your act and you got to come here and you got to do this. Love is not conditional. Love is unconditional. We've got to get to a point where we love people no matter what. And if we truly love like Jesus, we'll love people in their mess. We'll love people while they're still in their mess. We'll love them out of it. We'll love people even though they hurt us beyond anything we could have ever imagined. We'll love people while they're still treating us terribly. While they're still treating us terribly. When Jesus was dying on the cross, the same people that were mocking him, he looked at him and he said, forgive them. The same people that had just nailed him to the cross, the same people who were, who were, who were laughing at him, who had pulled his beard out and who had whipped him. He looked right at him and he said, Father, forgive all of them. Forgive all of them. They don't know what they're doing. We'll love them even when they're not doing what we would like them to be doing because that's how Jesus loves us. Jesus' love for us is so furious and so magnificent that it goes beyond anything that we're doing. It goes beyond anything that we've done. It goes beyond anything we could ever imagine. His love for us pierces right through the flesh and goes completely into the spirit. His love for us, he looks at us and he doesn't see anything else but love. And we've got to start loving people that way. He loves you. He loved you first. He loved you even before you were saved. He loves you even when you're hurting him. Can you imagine being in his shoes and having this ultimate love for your creation? This ultimate love. You've created these people and you love them beyond anything you could have ever, you can even think about. He loves us even when we're hurting him, even when we're sinning and doing things that he said not to do. He loves you. His love is limitless. And we've got to learn to love that way. We've got to learn to love each other that way. Luke 6.35 says, but love your enemies and do good to them. Do good to your enemies and lend to them, expecting nothing in return, then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. The most high is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. What a love, what a love. Love and compassion don't tear other people down. We live in a culture where instead of building, we destroy. We like to build all sorts of big buildings we like to build all sorts of 
you know, these enterprises and these companies. We like to build. We like to build cars and houses. And we like to build all sorts of things in the material. But when it comes to people, we destroy. We tear each other down. We rip each other apart. We live in a culture where instead of lifting up, we pull down and we're in a constant battle to try to make ourselves look higher and better than anyone else. But in reality, love is what propels us ahead. Love, if you extend love to people, that's what will get you out in front. That's what will get you ahead. If you extend love to people, it, love will get behind someone else and shove them forward. And we got to start getting back on track with loving people in the church, especially because a lot of the church nowadays has been taught that, that because we don't like sin, we don't like the people that are doing it. We don't understand that they can't, they can't just get their act together and they can't figure it out. And, and we don't like them because they, they act like the world. Well, guess what? Before you were saved, you acted like the world too. Before you were saved, you were a sinner too. Sinners sin. That's why they're called sinners. That's like their job. We've got to learn to love those people. We've got to learn to love those people, people who are different from us, people who everyone else says don't go near to them, people who annoy us, people who are rejects and misfits, because really we're all a bunch of rejects and misfits. I hate to burst your little bubble. There's a, uh, there was a Catholic priest who wrote a book. He called it the ragamuffin gospel. And he said, we're all ragamuffins. We're all misfits. None of us have it all together. At the end of the day, we're all a little weird. We are. And if everyone was totally honest with you and told you the absolute truth in all honesty, you annoy them too. You get on people's nerves sometimes, believe it or not. We all do it. And so we've got to learn to love and show people grace. And we've got to learn to, you know what, instead of tearing someone down, why don't we just figure out what makes them that way? Why don't we figure out where they've been hurt? Why don't we figure out why they act the way they do? What's, what's going on behind the scenes? We're seeing a little, a little front, but we, we should really be saying, you know what? Let's, let's figure out what makes them tick. Let's figure out why they're doing that. Let's figure out why they're doing what they're doing. True love goes beyond what we see in the front. True love goes beyond. And Jesus would always go to the root of a problem. He would always go to the root. It's time to start loving people the way that Jesus loves. Instead of alienating people because they're different, we should try to draw them in and figure out why it is that they act the way they act. Jesus was always going straight to the root. He didn't beat around the bush. He didn't treat the symptoms, but he went straight to the heart of the problem. Why? Because that's true compassion. True compassion is going in and seeing what's going on. True compassion is not letting someone suffer. 1 Corinthians 13 is often referred to as the love chapter of the Bible. And we read it all the time at weddings. And we think about it, you know, as, as this just great, glorious love story. But really think about what it says. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, 
but I have not love. I've become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have all the faith so that I could remove mountains, but I don't have love, I've got nothing. If I give all my goods to feed the poor, and if I give all my body to be burned, and I have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long, and it's kind. It envies not. Love flaunts not itself, and it's not puffed up. It doesn't behave improperly. It seeks not its own. It, can, it is not easily provoked. Love thinks no evil. It rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. We've got to learn to love with that kind of love and not just our spouse. We've got to learn to love other people the way that Jesus loves. And the third point, we've got to learn to be peacemakers. We've got to learn to be peacemakers. Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace, this is Jesus talking, not as the world gives peace do I give to you. Ephesians 6.15, having your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Peace should follow you around. Peace should follow you wherever you go. If you have your feet shod with the gospel of peace, everywhere you go and everywhere you leave your footprints, peace should be in your wake. Peace should be in the room when you leave. Peace should be in the ears and in the eyes of anyone you come into contact with. If all you ever do is cause problems for people and keep things stirring, something is wrong. There should be peace everywhere you go. There should be peace wherever you go. I'm going to buy this tape and give it to a few people and tell them just to fast forward it to this point. There should be peace everywhere you go. You should have peace in your home. You should have peace on your job. You should have peace at your school. And if someone is trying to cause turmoil and turbulence, you should do your best to diffuse anything that they might be trying to stir up, to diffuse any problem that they might be trying to cause. Because you are a peacemaker and you are not there to cause strife and hurt. You are there to do the opposite. You're there to heal. You're there to bring the peace, the calm. There are people in the world who have nothing but fights and misery going on around them all the time and if there's not something started they've got to get something started up and Jesus said he want he came to bring peace he's the prince of peace we have got to be peacemakers if we're going to be true disciples if people are dreading being around you if when someone knows that they have to come into contact with you and they just, they, they dread it. They dread even looking at you. They dread the sight of you because you're just a miserable person and you're just bringing misery and bringing everyone down. If someone cringes when they see your number on the caller ID, 
There is something wrong and it's not with other people. If everyone you come into contact with, you have some sort of a conflict with them. The problem is not with the other people. The problem is with you. And we should be peacemakers. If we can't get along with anyone and everyone else is always irritating us and we can't go a day without arguing with someone and telling somebody how it is, the problem is not with everyone else. The problem is with us. The problem, we need to just look right in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm not being a peacemaker. I've got some sort of conflict going in in every area of my life. I need to be a peacemaker. And we've got to figure it out. The fire is a lot of the time in our camp and we better get a fire extinguisher and put it out. If you want to get involved in problems that don't even concern you, Lord, help me, Jesus. If you want to get into problems that aren't even your problems to deal with. I know people who see something on Facebook and it's not even their problem and they say, oh, I want to. We have got to be peacemakers. Jesus spread peace. You should want peace in your life. You should want peace in the lives of the people around you. I realize Jesus came to wage war on the forces of darkness. And some of the things that he said and did and some of the things that he's going to say and do are pretty harsh. But he was waging war on the forces of darkness. And he would do things. He would even heal people. And he'd say, listen, don't go tell anybody about this. Don't tell anybody you got healed. Don't tell anybody that I touched you. Don't tell them because he didn't want to make waves. He wanted to spread peace and there's a difference between a righteous rebuke and causing turmoil in other people's lives you can give somebody a rebuke and say you better straighten up you better get your act together here's what the bible says about what you're doing and you can do that and still give someone peace it's a good thing to give someone constructive criticism and to help them out because you want to see them be a better person. You want to see them do better. But it's a whole other thing to just hurt people and get people upset and make them wish they didn't have to be around you or talk to you all the time. You've got to learn to be peacemakers. Jesus didn't cause the wind and the waves to whip with more fury. He came out onto the bow of the boat and said, peace be still. If you know that there's a storm brewing, don't add more clouds and wind and thunder to somebody's storm. Bring peace. Speak to that thing and and say, peace be still. Do your best to calm troubled waters. Don't stir the waters up. Jesus wants us to be united, not divided. And those who spread peace are the uniters. They're the uniters. Division is one of the greatest weapons that the devil can use against the body of Christ. Division, if he can get some division in the church, that's all it takes. And he is doing his best. He's so cunning and he does it so well a lot of the time that we don't even realize what's creeping in. We don't even realize that division's coming in until it's already inside. But sometimes keeping the peace means that you also have to keep your mouth shut and don't say how you feel about a thing. You don't say certain things that come to your mind if you're keeping the peace. Because if I said everything that came to my mind, I wouldn't have any friends, right? You have to filter things. You can't run and tell everybody everything you hear or everything that upsets you. 
Isaiah said Jesus would be called a wonderful counselor. You know what? Instead of going to everybody else and telling them all your problems and causing a lot of problems for them, how about we just go to the counselor and, and give him our problems? How about we go tell the counselor what's going on? He's the best counselor you can get, and he's free, and you can call him 24-7. We've got to be peacemakers. When we have a problem, we've got to call on Jesus. If we take the things that bother us to God, he can work with us and, and he will do things in us and he will help us keep the peace in the lives of those around us, in our church and in our workplaces and in our lives. And we won't be adding trouble. We, have all, we all have decisions to make. Uh, if we're going to be true disciples, if we're going to really chase after God with all of our hearts and we're going to be like Jesus and we're going to say, you know what, we want to see things happen. We want to see the miracles. We want to be able to pray for people and see them healed. We want to be able to cast the devil out and it'll go. We want to see all these things happen in our lives, then we've got to learn to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We all have battles to face in our own personal lives and how we know now we know we need to strengthen our relationship with God and, and our walk with him. We all have places where we need to improve and things we need to do differently, things we need to change. And, and Judy and I were talking this morning in the office about having compassion on each other and loving the people that we deal with because some people are difficult to deal with and some people are difficult to have compassion for but you have to look beyond that and you have to say what would Jesus do to them what would Jesus do to them you know and, and that doesn't mean that we let people take advantage of us all the time boundaries are healthy I'll say that again boundaries are healthy but that doesn't mean you stop loving a person. Boundaries are just as much for them as they are for you. Boundaries are just as much for the other person as they are for you. We can't enable people all the time. We've got to set some healthy boundaries. But we still have compassion and love. And we still care about people. In order to be true disciples, in order to see revival in these last days, we're going to have to learn to be faithful. We're going to have to learn to love people with the love of Jesus. And we're going to have to learn to be peacemakers. Because if we get a church flooded full of people who need deliverance and who need healing and who need touch, guess what? We're going to have to love on them. And we're also going to have to we're going to have to keep the peace. We're going to have to keep people, you know, we're going to have to keep things calm sometimes. Some, you get a bunch of people together, a bunch of sinners together, go down to the tavern and see how they act, right? They want to fight. We've got to learn to keep the peace. If we're truly aiming to be like Jesus, to act like him, we've got to aspire to have the qualities that he has in our own lives. We've got to want to be like him. Some of these qualities are very basic things, but a lot of the time in life, we lose sight of the very basic things. A lot of the time in life, we can lose, we can lose focus on the very small things, the, the, the minuscule things in our life that we should already know, but we end up, we get busy and we take things for granted and we forget about them, but we've got to bring these things back to the forefront. If we'll strive for faithfulness and a heart of love and compassion and desire, to be a peacemaker I believe people will notice the changes in us and they'll say there's something different about you there's something different there's something different people out in the world aren't faithful anymore people out in the world don't love people anymore people out in the world 
They're not peacemakers. They want to just cause problems for people all the time. It's so uncommon in the world today that when you start doing those three things, people are going to be like, what's going on with you? Why? You're different. Why? Why don't you act like everybody else? Why don't you treat me like everybody else? Why don't you belittle me like everybody else? Why don't you try to cause problems for me like everybody else? People are going to notice when you start act different. Why, why when I messed up, didn't you, didn't you just write me off? People will ask you those things. They'll start to look at you and they'll say, you act different to me than everybody else. You act different to me. You treat me different. You treat me better than anyone else. And then you can say, you know why? Because of Jesus. He treats me different than he treats. This. He, he treated me different when everybody else was treating me terrible. When everybody else had walked out, he treated me different. And guess what? I love this. This is the very final thing. The law of sowing and reaping applies in every situation. The law of sowing and reaping, it's working behind the scenes at all times. And so, if you learn to be faithful, you're going to get faithfulness back. You're going to find people in your life who are faithful and who are going to stick it out with you and who aren't going to just leave you behind when things go wrong, when, when things are, are a little off. People who are, who are going to stand beside you and who are going to lock arms and say, you know what, it's going to be all right, I'm here. Everything's going to be all right, I'm praying with you, I'm believing with you. Nothing's going to change this. When you start giving out love that way, it's going to come back to you. Love and compassion that we all want. People who overlook our flaws and our mistakes, they're going to say, you know what? I'm going to love you back with the love of Christ. And who in the world doesn't need more peace in their life? Who doesn't need more peace in their family? If we start sowing peace, it's going to come back to us. If we start giving peace to people, if we start being peacemakers and calming situations and not causing problems for people, if we start being peacemakers, that peace is going to come back to us and we're going to see the change in our families and in our lives where there's turmoil, those waters are going to calm. And so I encourage everyone in here, so just take an examination of your own heart, to take an examination of what you've been doing, of the things that, that you've been, uh, been sowing in life and say, have I been sowing the things that I want to see back? Have I been giving people love the way that they need to be loved? Have I been giving people peace the way that they need to have peace? And I truly believe that if we'll do that, that it's going to come back to us and we're going to be even stronger in the spirit as we become more like Christ, as we become true disciples. I believe that we're going to see changes in our lives that we wanted to see. Amen. We stand to your feet tonight. I don't know if anyone in here needs special prayer this evening or if you'd just like to gather around these altars and say, you know what, God... I haven't been loving people the way I need to love people. I've been hurting people. 
I've been saying things I shouldn't say. I've been doing things I shouldn't do. I haven't been giving people peace. I've been stirring the pot every chance I get. Or if you say, God, I haven't been faithful. I haven't been faithful to church. I haven't been faithful to you. I haven't been faithful to people. I haven't been faithful in any area. I just want to open these altars and I want us to just pray for a few minutes and agree together that God's going to strengthen us all and we're all going to walk forward and we're all going to be true disciples. Amen. Amen. You can come forward anytime. I want to pray with you if you need special prayer. Believe God with you. Hallelujah. I'm captured by Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Caleb Schaefer podcast. If you would like to connect with Caleb, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry, on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer, or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com. If you have been encouraged, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Once again, we appreciate you listening to today's episode and may God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.